0: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Manchester Weekly from the Mill. Um, it's quite a scene in front of us here. Uh, Molly is here holding various cameras, Jack is on the floor dabbing away at a laptop. We've spent about 45 minutes setting up for this episode and I am here with Mr. Daniel Tims, who listeners may or may not know
1: as our data and policy reporter. Daniel, welcome. Thank you. It's not your first podcast, is it? No, I was on once before. First time with this uh, First setup. First time
0: with this setup, we've got video yeah. cameras looking at us. Yeah. We're going to be on TikTok, allegedly. Oh, wow. <laughs> and what the kids on TikTok really want to know is... Has Greater Manchester's economy benefited working people? That's what I'm hearing. And therefore, that is what they're going to get. Absolutely. Because today, we're going to be talking about a story that you published on The Mill over the weekend. Mm-hmm. And it's really a story that me and you have been talking about for at least a couple of months.
1: Yeah, pretty much since I started, I think, yeah.
0: And it's the question of who has benefited from Greater Manchester's growth?
1: The skyline is being transformed in front of our eyes. Thousands of new high-rise homes appear every month. When billions are being invested in the two square miles of the city center, how will this change the lives of everyone who lives? We have no beds, what? There are no (laughs) beds. And works in this city. There'll be that much money spent here. It can't fail, really. Now that it's started, it has to happen.
0: So Manchester in particular, the city of Manchester, the centre of Greater Manchester, has had this incredible steroidal growth story, almost, for the past couple of decades. And I think the big question is, has that actually benefited working people? Has it benefited people who've lived here for a long time? Or have the benefits mainly gone to property developers, middle-class people who've moved to the city, you know, people like me? have we just created loads of flats that no one can afford? That's kind of the question. And I guess, like, how did... When I gave you that challenge of answering that question, Mm. how do you even go about that?
1: Mm. Yeah, and it is something, isn't it, that people feel a lot of unease about or disquiet a big political topic and it's one i suppose i've already touched on in a few pieces i've written so i've written before about why do we not really see much affordable housing coming forward in a lot of the developments we get i think it's a hard one you can start to look at some of the basic facts about the manchester economy so the thing that everyone sees is the masses of new residential blocks everyone sees that and indeed the population of manchester in the last 20 years has grown by about 30 percent in only 20 years, which is huge. Wow. Um, and that's
0: unusual, right? Like most of the country's yeah. not growing at No, that no,
1: just trending up slowly. But Manchester, and, and particularly the centre, I mean, the growth, that's, that's for the whole local authority, but within the centre, it's been it's been massive. Uh, and of course, parts of Salford as well. And that has been accompanied by lots of jobs growth as well. It's not just that loads of flats are going up, you know, because people like to live here. And like, there are jobs that are bringing people here. So over that sort of same time period, actually the number of jobs has grown by about 50%, which is huge at the uk and, level sorry like, tell us what time period is that 50 percent increase uh since 2000 wow so at, at the national level it's about 20 percent. so here there's sort of half as many jobs again
0: so we've established the first and most important thing here yeah. which is that manchester's economy is definitely growing very very fast mm-hmm. it is adding lots and lots of jobs it's not just building loads of housing that no one's living in. it's adding lots and lots of jobs yeah. lots of new residents yeah And then the question becomes, okay, but who's that really benefiting? Who's getting the jobs?
1: What kind of people are living in Manchester? Tell us how you've looked into that. Mm. So we had a census a couple of years ago. Uh, We all had to fill in the census form, and they do those every 10 years. And they're the kind of best data we can get on who lives here. And one thing that we can look at to start to tease out is I looked at people who work in what the census calls elementary occupations. So these are roles that are normally playing the minimum wage Jobs like cleaners or bar workers, uh, jobs that require little training. And one question I was interested to explore is, are we seeing, there's this whole idea of sort of displacement. So that uh, as prices go up, and one thing we have seen is that uh, house prices, rental values have gone up a lot. There's a concern, are people being priced out and particularly people on low incomes? And what's interesting when we look at that group is actually that is not what we're seeing. In fact, we see really huge growth in the number of people in those low-wage jobs living in the city centre. Living in the city centre. Living in the city centre, yeah, being based... And presumably working nearby as well. So lots of these people will be working in the hospitality economy or cleaning in offices around the place.
0: And were you surprised by that? Because the the, the narrative that I think you hear a lot is... People are concerned about gentrification. They're concerned that with all these shiny glass buildings going up, mm. that that would be pushing working class people or, or people on lower incomes, let's mm. say, out of those areas. Were you surprised to see that actually there's been a big net
1: increase mm. in those people with those kind of jobs living in these central Manchester areas? Yes, I was. It certainly it doesn't kind of chime with what you hear. And I think the logic that you've outlined does actually need to be questioned a bit. Um, I don't think we should accept it at face value. I think the reason a lot of people assume that is because the new flats are unaffordable and that's true often these flats are going for i would have 300 400 500 grand the kind of prices where you need to have either a really good income or be given a lot of money by your parents or both to afford to buy so that's definitely true but in most instances, that's not replacing a lot of housing. It's kind of new. It's going up on old car parks. All it's that additional. Kind of thing. It's additional, right. And what you'd expect, actually, as an, as an economist when you look at things is if you increase the supply of something, its price should go down. So there's more of it competing for the same amount of people who want to you know, live in a place. So while the new uh, sort of luxury offer absolutely is not pitched at people who are working in those sorts of roles or people who have lived in Manchester for a long time, that doesn't automatically mean that a lot of housing has gone up in price. And indeed, there's lots of social housing in central Manchester, which has, you know, rent rises capped and that sort of thing. So I think that story of because we're putting some more expensive accommodation in, people are being priced out, I don't think it works quite that simply. Uh, In Manchester. It's a
0: weird one though, isn't it? Because it's like your brain naturally thinks if you see loads of posh new housing going up that that must mean that prices are going to go up too. And I know that that can happen, but that doesn't, there's not loads of, like, sort of academic evidence that that always happens in, in cities. Is that right?
1: No, that's right. I mean, the other thing is you have seen prices go up. But the question is, is the new housing the thing that's causing it, right? So is it the new housing that's pushing people out? They've done one really good study in San Francisco, which is an area that even more than Manchester has this kind of crazy jobs boom, crazy housing situation where, you know, just houses will go up by 100% over, you know, a decade or whatever. And they find when you zoom in, actually building new housing, reduces the price in the kind of area it slightly reduces the number of people being forced to move away what's driving the price rises isn't the fact that you're putting new housing in it's the fact that there's just masses of jobs and loads of people want to live there because they want those jobs
0: so the new housing is going in because loads of people want to live there Mm. rather than the other way around
1: yeah i think that's right i mean you can critique certainly the kind of housing that's going in i think that's valid and we have
0: i mean we've done journalism on why there isn't more affordable for example
1: yes that's right and i think as well as kind of critiquing the price there's also just just this thing of what happens if you increase massively one type of housing in one go so what's been built loads of one bed two bed flats in the city center ideal for a certain class of type of person maybe moving to manchester in their 20s or they can stay on after university and work in a professional role but what we know is that there's something deep in the british psyche about houses and gardens i know you yourself have recently moved out of the city i centre am now slightly. i'm
0: now a resident of lady barn
1: that's it you know, <laughs> people want this kind of thing and particularly when They get older, they start having children, there aren't many school places in the centre, they want more parks and green spaces, which we know Manchester City Centre doesn't have much of. So for all those people buying flats in the city centre or renting them, younger people, pretty much all of them, they'd all want to move out from the centre and go and be suburban one day?
0: Um, Potentially. Even in my apartment block at the moment, there's people I see in the car park and in the lift. They're about 60, but I think most people I know want to do it for a short space of time, and then move on to a quieter life.
1: That is when people want to move out. So actually, when you start looking at displacement, interestingly, the places you see it more are in the more affluent suburbs. Right. Um, places like Chawton, Didsbury, Altrium. And that's because you've you've had this massive group who've kind of come into all these flats, you know, many of these being built over 10 years ago now. They then get to a certain stage where they think, well, okay, this isn't really working for us anymore. And all these people want to stay connected to Manchester. They want to to somewhere on the tram line. And so that drives up the prices a lot in those areas. And so, actually, if you're looking for displacement, funnily enough, it's not necessarily around the towers that you need to be looking at. It's those other areas where it's kind of feeding through.
0: So, for example, a more working-class bit of Altrincham or edges of Chorlton, where there will be houses there that are much less affordable for people who've been lived there for decades yeah. because of the demand now from families who've, who've moved to Manchester or they've come from the city centre or whatever. That will make sense. To me, the interesting thing here is that this narrative about the Manchester model being like very much about benefiting property developers it's definitely taken hold it's very very widespread Mm. is there any way that you can measure what chunk of the economy is taken up by the property industry or what proceeds
1: of the economy is going to developers and and have you had a look at that yes I did uh, have a look at that So you can use something called gross value added, which is a bit like, you know, GDP. We talk about the size of the economy and you can get that broken down by which sectors of the economy that's going into. So I looked at the real estate economy over time and what i could see from the data was that broadly it's been keeping pace with but not particularly outpacing the rest of the manchester economy so it's gone up from around eight percent of the total to around nine percent over that same sort of time period about 20 years which is not really dramatic and it's also i mean it's lower than the uk average it's also a long way off what you see in some parts of london so in some of the outer london boroughs you have sort of um you know 30 percent plus type of real estate economy where you know people are all commuting into london You've just got massive property money for sort of affluent homeowners who want it. And looking across Manchester as a whole, that doesn't seem to be what we're seeing yet. Now we should continue to monitor it. And there's one slight caveat in that we can't always know exactly what's going on if money's going abroad. But it doesn't seem to me to quite fit that picture that's been discussed of, you know, more and more rent being squeezed out of the land in a way that's not accompanied by growth in the rest of the economy. And when you see that 50% jobs growth, you know, that does indicate there's something real happening here. You know, it's not just sort of paper money on the back of, you know, a boom that's going to pop. There has been real economic growth as well as housing growth. You can definitely see
0: why. See, people see the huge towers going up, and they think, I don't know anyone who lives in the tower, and I don't live in the tower, and I wouldn't want to. Who lives in the tower? And so I've had conversations with like Sophie, who works in, She was like, I don't think anyone wants to live in these flats. And I always think, like, well, I sort of agree. Like, I, it's personally not my bag. But these developers are businessmen. Like, they're, they're not putting up flats... To not sell them, mm. there must be demand, so so clearly there is loads of demand we 're not talking about loads of empty flats, as you've said, there's massive population growth there's massive jobs growth. Mm. I get all that, but let me ask you this: social mobility is I guess the most important thing mm-hmm. like can someone in Manchester do much better than their parents in this age? Mm. The thing I always think about is Harper Hay, and I know you've been to Harper. yeah I don't not because it, it represents all working class areas in Manchester, but like it's it's an area that's had a lot of economic challenges. Mm. And the thing I think about is this: could a kid from Harper Hay now go and get a better job than their parents' generation mm. because of the big economic boom we've had in Manchester? Mm. Is it possible to answer that question?
1: Mm. Yeah, I think it's it's possible to approach it, if not get a final answer.
0: Um, it's a very economist. It is very think. and a very nuanced
1: answer. I think. I mean the answer is yes there are better jobs so in one sense in a kind of trivial sense yes i think there are on average better jobs out there i think the question is are there barriers that stop them thinking those jobs are for them or even approaching them. So that's why I went to the sort of youth zone that they have in Harpe to talk to some of the sort of teenagers and talk to the guys who run it as well and get a bit of a sense. And clearly for a lot of the young people there, what they see going on in Manchester is like a whole completely other world. So in my piece I described, you know, they went on a visit to uh, solicitors at the top of one of the spinning field towers. And uh, these girls are running to the window and looking out and saying, you know, is this London? And just kind of having no idea that, you know, yeah. what she was. Looking at was just just down the road, even though they had just you know. Because to her that view is just not Manchester. It's just not what it's a different world. She's seen, no, and then I think she said afterwards, you know, that's not my Manchester. Also, they said a lot of the kids wouldn't really say they're from Manchester, they say they're from Harper Hay or Moston, you know, those sorts of areas. But then some of the, you know, some of the guys I spoke to when I was at the youth club, you know, they were more aware, some of them have been involved in you know working a bit with the GMCA on some of the youth stuff. So I think there are the barriers, you know, basic barriers like the cost of transport. Into town, particularly if you're coming from a quite deprived background, that's quite a barrier. I think also the sense that um, as <laughs> saying, there's not much to do in Manchester that doesn't involve spending money. Yeah, you a good know, point. you turn up, what do you do? You can go to Primark, you can go and eat out, but you know,
0: what- that's actually something that I think the Germans do better. Like Sophie's always saying, there's lots of stuff you can do in Berlin that's like free. Yeah, whereas you come to like piccadilly gardens whatever you're just surrounded by shops yeah that's definitely something we could do better
1: yeah i think so and you do have some of the like museums and galleries but again are they making their offering suit these guys that kind of thing so i think yes in theory one day's point that was quite interesting was there's this one study that's been done so there's not loads on this there's one study that's been done looking at how much do children earn at the age of 28 based on how much their parents earned And obviously across the country, if your parents were richer, you're richer as well. But the gap actually is among the smallest in Manchester when you look across the UK. And that's quite unique and unusual, particularly in the north of England. If you look at a lot of the other outlying boroughs like Rochdale, Oldham, those gaps are very wide. Whereas in Manchester, it's quite narrow. And I think that is a result of the jobs growth. You know, it creates opportunity, it creates ways in um, that there aren't in a lot of northern cities and towns. That's been a way that Manchester has bucked the trend. I don't think we should shy away from the fact that that has been a good thing and it has created opportunities for people coming from more deprived backgrounds. It's funny, isn't it? Like, there's, You always have
0: an instinct not to welcome the good news. Yes. Like especially when you're a journalist,
1: normally the story
0: is that something bad is happening. Absolutely. And you, and when bad stuff's happening, you pursue it. And when there's a sort of good bit of news, there's a sort of journalist in instinct not to accept that or, yeah. or, or to try a different story. And what you're saying to me, I mean, you've been a journalist for you know this year, but previously you were a data analyst, you were a policy analyst, you, you, you've, you've looked at lots of areas around the country, you've looked at a ton of data in, in different parts of the, the country. The, the story you're kind of telling me is a positive story. Mm. It's like there's a very fast-growing economy the fears that that economy isn't really delivering for working people seem to be not misplaced, but like there's, there's, there's not as much evidence for that as people might think. Or maybe some of the fears are a bit misplaced. Some of the fears about the Manchester model are really misplaced. It's creating loads of jobs. Social mobility seems to be better than the national average and better than other areas in, um, nearby. That all sounds quite good to me.
1: Yeah, I think that's right. I think the main criticism I would have is, as I was talking about before, the type of housing, the variety of types of housing, the location. I think when you have strong jobs growth, you need to have strong housing growth. The problem you have in a place like Cambridge, for instance, which has a similarly very hot economy, they have really struggled to provide the housing that goes with that. Um, So in Cambridge, for instance, you can't build above five storeys. So none of what's happened here has been able to happen there in the same kind of way. So you have, you know, really intense affordability pressures in a place like Cambridge. Manchester has provided lots of the housing. The main critique would be, has it provided enough of the right amounts of housing? Do we have this problem now that lots of people who came here in their 20s are now looking to move out and there aren't the kind of properties for them to move on to?
0: I think it's fair to say from the facts that The amount of residential development, particularly in Manchester, is unprecedented and beyond uh, much that is happening in any other UK city outside of London. And even on a European comparator, we think Manchester is possibly the fastest growing residential area in the downtown of any European city.
1: So, uh, yeah, that's that's, Interesting. A, that's a nuanced picture.
0: And then I just want to bring you back to a piece you wrote a few months ago in Oldham a couple of months ago so I've obviously done loads on the Oldham political situation the Rajamir the conspiracy theories the, the allegations of sex abuse you did an economics piece about Oldham and it was super interesting because the question there was is the Greater Manchester model the idea that you can have this very very hot centre of a city region and that you will get are they called agglomeration effects you know you, yeah. you will get you will get That's the right. benefits will spread out almost trickle down but obviously no one used to trickle out trickle out yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the feeling would be in Oldham, where actually the Manchester economy is nearby, sure I can go and do a job in Manchester, I can get on the, on the tram, but it's not actually helping Oldham. And That's what, how it currently looks. Mm. In this piece that you've written now, have you seen anything to dispute that, or are you firmer in the view that actually Manchester and Salford in the centre, doing great, creating jobs, create, improving prosperity even for working people, but the further you go out, the less you're feeling that effect? Yeah,
1: I think so. I mean, what I looked at, for instance, was just jobs growth in those other places over the same time frame. And you see particularly some of the boroughs have barely more jobs than they did 2000. um, And they've lagged the UK a lot. Um, So I think there is quite a strong case to say the Manchester model hasn't yet worked for greater, greater Manchester. I think you're starting to see, for instance, in Stockport, where my brother lives, uh, you're seeing a lot more development around the train station. You're starting to see the same kind of model be rolled out, which invites maybe some of the same criticisms or opportunities to learn from what's happened in Manchester. I think particularly in those northern areas though, it's it's slower going, more work needs to be done, both on the literal connecting people via transport, but also helping people to see the opportunities that are there. And just a lot more investment needs to go into sort of the public realm in some of those town centres, uh, into creating the you know new workspaces of the future. You know, people don't want to work in tired, big office blocks on a motorway. You know, they now want sort of vibrant town centre, city centre type places. And some of the towns like Oldham is one are beginning to respond to that. And, you know, this, this stuff's hard when you don't have a long queue of developers in the way that you do in Manchester, you know, ready to put their hands in their pockets. But I think It's beginning to happen, so whether we'll see it change... In the next 20 years, we'll have to see. Yeah, because the other day, Molly,
0: Jack, and I were at Andy Burnham's sort of press drinks. I think it's every six months. He gets all the journalists together. Yeah. He talks to journalists about the big strategic priorities coming up. It's not a kind of quotable event, but like the big message obviously is the B Network is launching in a couple of months in terms yeah. of the bus franchising. It won't be everywhere, but it'd be, I think it's uh, mainly Bolton and Salford and, 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 and a couple of other places. Yeah. And the argument that I think Burnham would make is okay. So as you, as we've just been talking about now There's a lot of great signs in in Manchester and Salford in the centre. But what you need to spread that growth and that success story is much better transport. Like You can't have people paying unaffordable bus fares. You can't have people on really unreliable routes. He would make the argument that the agglomeration effects start to kick in when you connect things together. Is that plausible from an economics point of view?
1: I think it is. Yeah, I think it is to a degree. And I think also in fairness to Burnham, with his Atom Valley concept, he's also I think recognised that there needs to also be new jobs in these places so it can't just be a make the center strong and connect and then just you know assume everything will go well and
0: Adam valley is the huge sort of industrial development that they want to happen in the Oldham rochdale neck of the woods that's right so like yeah. loads of land becoming warehouses factories advanced manufacturing that kind of
1: yeah and it's sort of tapping into the historic industrial strengths of the area of which there is still a lot of manufacturing in the area trying to add more value to that than there is at the moment so i think There's a lot of setting these things against each other. Is it Manchester grows well or is it Oldham grows well? And yet I think it will, and this was what the Oldham Economic Review concluded, you need to have both. Oldham needs Manchester to be doing well, but also it needs to have things happening in the town, jobs in the place as well to get that kind of, happy radiating out city centre because what you don't want is a sort of sense of bitterness or you know kind of those guys down the road are doing well and we're not that that feeds you know we've covered before haven't we the some of the nastiness that's arisen in oldham's politics and i think that's part of the story when you can see a lot of economic prosperity in a place not far away and you're not experiencing it that creates a real problem Okay, final thing.
0: I know it's hard for people who are versed in economics to give sort of pithy conclusions, but what have you learned? You've been on this for a couple of months. It's not the only thing you've done in the past couple of months. You've done lots of other stories, but you've definitely been thinking about this, looking at data, speaking to academics, speaking to experts, speaking to economists. What have you learned about the greater Manchester economy during that time that you maybe didn't know before? Well, like, what's the sort of summary? What's the takeaway?
1: I think the takeaway is that the property growth is happening Because there is jobs growth, there's a reason people want to be here. They can work here. And I think probably the property and the towers are what people see. They don't see the jobs. And probably a lot of people couldn't really tell you what people are doing in Manchester. And maybe that's something we need to cover more. What kind of jobs are people doing? And often, you know, there's kind of office jobs that are hard. I mean, if I tried to explain my previous job, I'd I'd struggle in a way that was kind of (laughs) understandable. But there are lots of people in that kind of situation. So I think that's probably it. And I think that the housing offer has been there, but it's maybe not been exactly what's needed. Interesting. Now, speaking of jobs, mm. Daniel.
0: Yes. We can now officially announce to our audience... We can. ...that another job has been created in the Greater Manchester area. It has. And that is the job <laughs> of full-time, on-staff, yeah. data and policy analyst That's at right. The Mill. You are joining us. I am, yes. We thought yeah. we were losing you after four months of temporary, yeah. temporary freelance... we're actually keeping you what a joy
1: i'm delighted it's been great and there's loads more to explore um and so yeah and i'm keen for people to get in touch with me and ask about any stories they want me to kind of look into yeah
0: amazing welcome
1: welcome to the game thank you thanks Listeners, we hope you enjoyed that episode. Um, Thank you so much for
0: all your help sharing our episodes. If you like this episode, put it down your group chat or put it on social media. We're very grateful for all your ratings on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and and all the other platforms. We're having a new push with this podcast. We're trying to do one conversation every week. Molly and Jack are going to be on a lot. We've got all these cameras set up, so you might see some clips on social media. We'd be super grateful for all your help because I think we're at the sort of 4,500 downloads a month. We want to get to 10,000. And and we think it's an important way of reaching new audiences and that kind of thing. So thank you for listening. If you liked this conversation, do go over to manchestermill.co.uk. We've got loads more journalism by Daniel over there. If you'd like to support the podcast and support what we're doing and help us to do more of this kind of thing, please go over to the website and and join as a member if you're not already. £7 a month, and it massively helps us to... Absolute bargain. bargain. Absolute bargain. Right, we're going to go off to the pub. We are. Thank you very much. Thanks.